There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. It's bursting with fruit flavor, no added sugar, and all smiles. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible. And with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on my favorite shows with. Yes, Lil Bowen. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, keeping me feeling great all day long. You deserve that. Try new bubbly bursts. You know that I feel like it's really important to express yourself. I know that about you. You got to put your true self out there, okay? And those classic Crocs, clogs, and sandals let you do just that. Between the rainbow of colors and the gibbets charms, you can create a unique look. And I mean, literally, no one else will have shoes exactly like yours. Hey, you know, it doesn't get more comfortable than Crocs, clogs, and sandals. They're just the perfect blend of comfort and creativity. Visit crocs.com to explore the latest styles and gibbets charms. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Matt. And I'm Bowen. And we want to introduce you to the new cantina menu at Taco Bell. Ooh! It's an all-new chicken menu with fresh new ingredients. Great as a lunchtime option. Taste for yourself. The slow-roasted chicken, Mm. pico de gallo, purple cabbage, and new avocado verde salsa sauce. Okay! With new menu options like cantina chicken tacos, burrito, and quesadilla, there's something for everyone. With this new cantina chicken menu, the possibilities are endless. Try the new cantina Tina chicken menu at Taco Bell. My grandma and your grandma were sitting by the fire. My grandma told your grandma, I'm gonna set your flag on fire. You're talking about henna, henna, henna. Iko, Iko, Ande. Giacomo, Fino, Anane. Ding dong, Las Culturistas calling. Celebrate good times, come on. Celebrate hoot. And uh, guys, this is Matt Rogers. This is Bowen Yang. And um, if you listened, uh, if you're a listener of the podcast, you'll know that Bowen and I are in a little bit of an argument right now. Uh, one would call it a feud starring Susan Sarandon and Jessica, Jessica Lang. Now, um, Bowen came for me on the podcast. Listeners know the segment, I Don't Think So, Honey. And both Bowen and our guest, Chrissy Shackelford, said, I don't think so, honey, Matt fucking Rogers. You say this as if there is no precedent for it. And you uh, historically on, I believe it was Sam Taggart's episode, came for me and I don't think so, honey. So it's not like it. It's not like this is this is hasn't been done before. You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying, like, are we on good terms or not? Well, I don't know, Matt. It seems like we're on great terms, but then as soon as as soon as our producer Alex hits record, you know, are you saying I'm playing a role on this podcast? Are you saying I'm not being my real ground itself? Are you saying and I'm not bringing the T100? You're you're not bringing the T100. You're 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 putting on a mask. I am bringing the T100, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and the first film of Terminator, honey. That's me always. Well, girl, you know what? I'm I'm willing to just keep this ball in the air while we're recording. And if you wanna if you wanna come for me, bitch. 
Then stay, then stay for me, okay? <laughs> stay for a while. And you, the listener, stay for a while. You better stay for our guest. Oh, I we love our guest. We have such an amazing guest, and it's a first for us. And a we'll get to that. first. We'll get to that in a moment. Um, you know our guest from Cartoon Monsoon, unbelievable, incredible show here in New York, and also his work with Mo Fry Pasek in the group Pasek and Platt, mm. all around the city doing amazing work. One of my favorite duos. Favorite I think duos. you guys are incredible. Microphone scenes, honey. Yes. Uh, he also is uh, known, renowned for his uh, gift cards and greeting cards. Uh, you can find them at ilovegiftcards.tumblr.com or on his Instagram at IamKingBozo. And you might also have seen him on the special without Brett Davis as a frequent guest. He, um, gosh, is he has the, this one has a screen presence. He's all over the place. And let me tell you something. <laughs> he jumps off the screen. He jumps off the stage and he's jumping into your ears right now. Everybody, please, please welcome wonderful, lovely boy, Tim, Tim Platt. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. Wonderful, so lovely boy. <laughs> <laughs> wonderful, lovely boy. He I is. think that's you. Uh, I'll take a, I'll take lovely boy. <laughs> lovely boy. You don't want to be wonderful? Well, no, Tim no. has been the self-labeled best boy. And best I think boy. That's true. That was... I don't know if that was self-labeled. Oh, maybe not. That Who was called her? you the best boy? I know Anna calls me best boy. I've called you best boy many times. Maybe it's like a story parrots thing, but it's been hurled at me, and I've accepted it with open arms. I think mm. you are the best boy. In fact, I think you're the best boy so much that I'm ready to announce it. Announce. Tim Platt is the first straight man to guest on Las Culturistas. Yes. Congratulations. Oh, thank you so much. This is unprecedented, honey. I mean, don't ever say Las Culturistas didn't give you diversity. No. Finally, we are giving you color and life. <laughs> Finally. And spice with Tim Platt. Oh, well, I'm man. incredibly happy to be here. I'm incredibly honored to be here. And I very much appreciate everything that you all do. Oh, That's no, no, such no. a real thing, though. <laughs> what? It's that? like, it, uh, when I was growing up, like, the, the straight, the... When I, well, I was trying to be straight yes, in high school, yes. and I uh, talk like this, like I drop my voice down like this, mm-hmm, like yeah. it's really spoken like a voice is like a little bit lower. Yeah, though. no. And th- I heard, recently heard my like eleven year old cousin doing it, and I was like, I wanted to get down on his level and be like, don't do it. It's like a young boy thing. Yeah. It's like the talk lower than you usually than you you're supposed to talk, or you're like. The idea that you can like fool someone by talking yeah. like this, if it, it, it sounds incredibly forced, yeah, and like, like young, young, I love young boys. I think they're the funniest they things are. in the world because they the because they like have such goofy gay little instincts, yeah. But they 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 mask th- them. They get to a certain point and it's like, no, I, I like guns and stuff. They they make a decision that intimacy is like a problem. They make it. It's a, That's it's a, what it is. It's an yeah. act decision that I think young boys make, and then like, and then, and then it will come out, and they'll be like, "Oh no, we can't be like, we can't yeah. love each other. We can't love each other. We can't touch each other." But little boys are always on top of each other. But what, you, what you two specifically do, Matt and Tim, you guys will choose to pull out the gru- you know the gravelly, gruff, lower timbre voice, mm-hmm. and viscerally, when either of you do it, specifically, it's for you two. Viscerally, <laughs> it's just painful for me to listen to because it's i don't know why if it takes me back somewhere if it takes me back to a certain person to honestly but i don't really no, know like, it's for real like if that sounds like you're disgusting i like very much appreciate that um <laughs> no but i have to say that like your pain is like not my fault no, it's like literally <laughs> quite honestly not my problem no. <laughs> literally and honestly if you were like in like in this school right now like People would come at you if you came at me in public. <laughs> no. Seriously, oh for real, you don't want to, like, honestly do this. <laughs> uh, I, I, uh, yeah. Oh, my God. Imagine. 
Oh Imagine. my god. That's Imagine living like that. Disgusting. <laughs> that's Long Island though. <sighs> wow. You Long know, Island. Like, my dad like he like he like <laughs> wants me to like be like a business major and like I <laughs> I kind of think I want to major in English, <laughs> <laughs> but like I don't, like, I, don't, I don't know. It's like it's like gay. Um, wow. So now we're talking and we're living in the past. I think this is a great opportunity. Yes, mm-hmm. to ask Tim Platt the question. Mm-hmm. I love this question. This is so a central question. This is an essential question. It's what culture shaped you, Tim? Tell us a little bit about your upbringing. What made you decide that culture was for you? What made you say culture? I accept this mm-hmm. i want to pursue it can i first say that before i answer this question i want to say that like as, as a listener of this podcast i love this question so much it's and the one. first time i heard it i was a little startled <laughs> because it's so vast but so specific yeah that it's an incredible way to open a conversation it's just like i i really yes. think that what what culture is for you it's like it's so uh, and everybody answers it differently yeah it, we've had people talk so about broad. like where they grew up Mm-hmm. And just to talk about that. And then some people go directly to like a movie or a television show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's very open-ended. I used to follow up and qualify that question by saying what movies, books, TV would you watch that shaped you? But I feel like that's even then too specific. And the, the, yeah. the beauty of the question is that it's so broad and open-ended. Yes. yes. Answer this beautiful question. Answer I will it, answer this question. Um, I think the, the, the culture, I think the X-Men were like super huge for me. Like mm. comics, uh, comic books and comic strips in general. And then X-Men specifically as like a superhero team were really big for me. And like one of the first things I remember being like, I have to know everything about this. <gasps> you read the comic books? Yeah, definitely. And you watched the television show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you got into the movies when they came out, for sure. I did like the movies. I lo- I mean, Nightcrawler was my favorite, so like mm-hmm. X2, I was like, that opening scene, I, I feel like it's been, oh. it's been said before. It has been said before, and it's the, it's the, it bothered me because I haven't seen X2. Still I've seen, seen all it. the X-Men's so except X2, and I feel like that's the one. Watch like the first 15 minutes, and then like... That's re- it's an incredible I'll, sequence. I'll say this. Yeah, the sequence of Nightcrawler like teleporting and right. is like super cool. Mm-hmm. Um, everything else is like fine. <laughs> okay. I think the ending is really great. What happens in the end again? Um, I mean, I don't want to spoil it. I mean, oh, well, everyone knows. Jean basically dies. And- oh, right, yeah, right, right, right. yeah, And she comes back in the next one as the yeah, Phoenix, yeah. right? But you know what? Here's my thing. Like, I love Jean Grey. I love the Phoenix saga. I love it. But I think it takes over too many narratives in the X-Men universe. In the comics. It, like, oh, in the every, whole universe, yeah. In the whole, every X-Men property, like, there'll be a Phoenix storyline and just consumes every other story. Right. Which is, it's not that it's a bad story, just like... It's, it's weird that it's the one that they chose. Yes. That's kind of like when you hear that when there's a big superhero movie coming out and you finally hear the announcement of who the villain is going to be, you're like, okay, mm, okay, cool. That's what we're getting. Like <laughs> when Spider-Man 3 came out with the last one with Tobey Maguire. And, and, was and they were Venom? like, it's going to be Sandman and Venom. And Ven- or not Sandman. It, the, was, it was Sandman and Venom. And, and the then, Lizard. Was the no, Lizard? lizard was no, Spider-Man no, no, no. Okay, it was Sandman and Venom. And I was yeah. like, Sandman and Venom? Yeah. Really? That was one of the worst movies I ever saw. Terrible. Too. I remember seeing it in theaters in college and being like really excited. That was when I was still excited about comic book movies. Yeah, yeah, I went yeah. to see it with my friends. I like made my friends go see it. And I remember being theater, being in the theater and like being so pissed. Yeah, <laughs> the energy just dropping. Yeah, like slowly through the movie, I'm like, oh no. Yeah. I think sucks. there's there's one good scene in it, and it's the last scene when Kirsten Dunst is singing. I'm through with love. Don't let it start again. And she's singing in the bar because she like her career hasn't worked out that well. And like then, uh, was that the Tommy Maguire walks in and. 
they see each other and they just start to slow dance. And I did think that was a really nice, pretty scene. And I actually think it's a very fitting, nice way for that <sighs> canon of yes of that Tobey Maguire, Kirsten Dunn, Spider-Man movie trilogy to end. Wasn't, nice. wasn't he in, um, wasn't she in a, uh, in that movie? She was in, <laughs> what play was she in? She was, oh, in she was in Oscar Wilde. Yeah. The Importance yeah. of Being yeah. Earnest, which I lo- I love that play. And she's in that. I was like, why is this play in this? Yeah. It just felt like a weird play. His voice alone movie. inspires one with absolute credulity. Oh mm-hmm. my God, Matt. I think, I think Kirsten Dunst is sort of the unsung. <laughs> I'm really proud of myself. Is the unsung hero of those, of oh, that trilogy. Oh, 100%. Kirsten Dunst is one of my, my favorite actresses ever. Full stop. Yeah. Full stop. Hmm. Were uh, you a Kirsten Dunst boy? <laughs> <laughs> you're either a Kirsten Dunst boy or, or you're not. Or you're n- yeah. Or <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's the dichotomy. I, I don't have a problem with her. Yeah. But I, you just don't care either way. I guess, you know what? I can't, I, you know what? I guess she always does a good job. I can't think of a movie I've seen her in where I've been like, fuck her. She sucked. Yeah. No, yeah. She, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, Wow. <clears throat> <laughs> I'm a Kirsten Dunst boy. Wow. Yes. You heard it. That's first. the title of the episode. <laughs> uh, wait, I have a question. Okay, so this is my roommate, Mike Spence, good friend of, of the pod, listener yeah. of the pod, is also, also really grew up on comic books. And mm-hmm. this is something that I, as a kid, wished I could access, wished I could be, because love just the artwork in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I feel like I just didn't know like where to go. Go. I'm surprised with that about that with you. I would imagine that I was de- you're so visual. I was definitely yeah. I love to draw. I loved anime shows, mm-hmm. which is it, it's its own little sort of different subculture, yeah. but you know, separate from comic books like American yeah. comic books. But I never knew like where to go. I still feel like I don't like where do you I, go? I like How often I, did you go? When I was a kid, so. Okay. Well, I will say that when I was a kid, like with X Men, like those types of comic books, I didn't really know how to get there. There was there used to be like a mailing service where they would mail you stuff. Yeah. Okay. And I had that, and like I guess I would go to like bookstores, and then but finally, a comic book shop was like li- when I was in high school. And I was like, oh wow, there's all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. But I remember I read more strips. Like my dad had mm-hmm. had these okay. old like old Calvin and Hobbes and Peanuts yes. and like Doonesbury and Bloom County and like mm-hmm. all that like. I always loved those because those were just like around. But like to go to a comic shop is like, I don't know. I feel like I it's kind of like going to a record shop right. for the first time. Where you're like, you like enter a world of knowledge. It's too esoteric, <laughs> it's like, right? Yeah. It's incredibly esoteric. And also, the people that are into comic books are so like, I'm into comic books, and like, it's kind of like when someone's like into jazz music. It's mm-hmm. like you can't be half into it sure. and expect to talk to people that are like in comics. They're like. They know everything, and it's, it's like an intimidating world for me, almost. Did you know that I was a very serious jazz guitar player in my past? No. When? You don't know about this? No, I know that. Tim. Okay. As he's unbuttoning his shirt. Yeah, you little <laughs> sexy boy. I'm getting you excited, so I just Dunst felt like... Boy. I'm a Kirsten <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yummy. Um, uh... So when I was in a, when I was in like uh, middle school, I started playing guitar, and the, the jazz band was like the cool yeah. for me. It was like the yes. coolest thing in our school. Yep, it was like yep, yep. high schoolers, the jazz band. They were so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, and I'm sure they were. Yeah, I believe you. Well, actually, did you ever see uh, 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 Dear Evan Hansen? <gasps> no, I never. Oh, I want to see it then, so then badly. There's a. This isn't a spoiler. You've so seen it? I have seen it. <gash> wow. So the writer was, was the older brother of one of my best friends in high school. Oh. And so a lot of this stuff in that show, like, very, I felt very much as like, oh, I, there's, like, reference points I see here. And there's a moment where he's like, oh, like, hey, like, I like, I like you in jazz band. I don't like, I like, I love jazz. Well, not, 
not jazz, but like jazz band jazz. <laughs> well, just like I know what you're talking about. Oh, I saw a clip of this. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. It's in the waiting through the window. Uh, yes, conversation. I've been listening to that nonstop on Spotify. It was a great time. It was that good, huh? Um, I really liked it. I really liked it. And uh, generally, if it hooks me, I like listen to it a lot. And the music's really sticky. Like really sticky music. Yeah, that's good. But 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 I bring that up to say. That like that was like the I like jazz, but jazz band jazz, which is saying like you like sort of like pseudo jam band stuff that uh-huh. like has a jazz. Yeah. Anyways, I was really obsessed with that, um, and like I became a very into jazz person. Yeah. But and then when they played a lot and practiced all the time, and then I went to college where there was a music conservatory that I did not wasn't a part of. But I was like, oh, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna like go to the college and I'm gonna practice a lot. I'm gonna be in the conservatory too, and I'll be like a jazz. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna do. Um, but then I got really intimidated because yeah. of all these people. I was like, oh, you are all true Serious musicians, people. and I am not. Mm. And then I broke my finger so I couldn't practice it for like a year. Oh, wow. And then I was like, well, yeah, I'm really out. <sighs> that's really interesting because I but feel that's like – that's very similar to the comic book thing, I think. But I think so, too. Yeah. Any obsessive culture. It's if you can name one thing and then someone's like, oh, if you like that, then how about that? And if you know oh. that, then you're like in. And if you don't know that, they're like, oh, right. It's like the way people feel about improv. It's the way people feel about anything. Yeah. Like, yes. It's the way people so. feel about sports or like like guys asking girls like, oh, if you really love football, then name like the, yeah. the team in, in this year. It's like that kind of thing, <laughs> I, right? I, I, yeah. You just, just did the low voice thing, by the way. Oh, uh, wait. That was my paltry attempt at it but what's I, up Tim? i just do think it's funny that if you really like football i but guys <laughs> really do ask that like like just like try to like test you on that stuff to women specifically who say i like football like i feel like that's a, that's true a thing. i think that anyway. is a thing um no this is but but tim's like intimidation of this like more what he thought was more legitimate mm-hmm. uh is is sort of like maybe matt do you feel this way about like how you ended up sort of going into and this sorry this is getting very inside baseball with our pasts but like did you feel that way going into like things like NYU reality show where it was like i'm oh, not a real well, actor so yeah so i went to school and wasn't studying acting or writing at all i wanted to be a journalism oh i made that I, I was i was like basically i was accepted into the school um and i was going to be a journalism major and then yeah just honestly being around people that were passionate about something made me realize oh my god wait i've been passionate about this all along and that's what i wanted to do all along yeah and yeah. then it is really hard to get over that thing of like but i but i'm not as good as them it's impossible or, or mm-hmm. i feel like just because I like something doesn't mean I should do it. And also, even if I am good enough, how would you go about getting into that position? And it gets really hard to ingratiate yourself in something that you love and might have a passion for, but just other people are, are already... You feel like they have a head start on you. Yeah. yeah. Which is, I think, a lot of college kids out there that... And that's what college is for, is to find what you want to do and like really get into it. But a lot of people think, well, that's not my major. I can't do that. Or they think it's my second year or third year or fourth year of college and I haven't done that, that means it's over for me. Or even the idea that like you, you know. have to, to enjoy something, you have to be a master at it. Or right. enjoy something, yes. you have to like, you have to judge your connection with it, yeah. uh, competence, competency in it yeah. with other people's view. of It's like, I don't know. There's like so few things I feel like I like just because I like to do them. Right. That are like devoid of value judgment and comparison. Which it's is, all about faking your way into everything anyway. Right. Mm-hmm. Because you have to realize, like, those people that you're thinking about and talking about, like, most of them 
just faked their way in and just believed and believed and believed hard enough. I mean, the way I got into shows at NYU, because like, I want, really wanted to perform, was just convincing myself that I could do it. Yeah. Like, and maybe, maybe that's not for everybody, but I think so much of it, you can achieve so much by like just visualizing, mm. I think. Yeah. I don't know. But then there's that lingering thing of once you've like, uh, overcome that like first little mental barrier of entry to say like I can do this I'm gonna do it like I felt like that as like a chemistry major doing being in the improv group and saying well everyone else is in film or in drama and yeah. I don't know if I'm and therefore there's a ceiling for me yeah but you know yeah. what so I was a Latin major in the improv yeah. group right and, yeah uh, and I remember being like oh like maybe I want to do you know like Tim like you've always wanted to act like you know that mm-hmm. you've set up you just didn't do it in high school like you've always wanted to and now like these people kind of are and like you're liking this so like why don't you try why don't you go for it like, go for it and then like I met people who were actors like at my school like in the acting program and I was like I just hate them <gasps> yeah, yeah. Oh, well, wow I didn't want I was like I don't I kind of regret that because I was being judgmental um, and I could have like done plays that would have been fun sure. but I was straight up like I had that imposter syndrome then I saw like performance and mm-hmm. i was like i don't like this feeling the know? thing is it's like yeah i mean and that's another thing it's like you're not really in the com- in the community you want to be in or like you don't really do it yet and so you dip your toe in it and the very first person you meet or the very first experience you have can be like a defining experience yes. mm-hmm. like and, and that's with everything i mean that's why i think when people some people anyway when they attempt to do something and they fail the first time it's like well i'm bad at the- well i can't do that and I feel like yes. that's like it's insane to believe that you could just succeed on your first time doing anything anyway. Right. It's how I feel about push-ups because I used to be so bad at them, <laughs> yeah. and then I just started being like Tim, like you can do push-ups, and so yeah. like, now I do like now I do push-ups every single morning. <laughs> and no, and then you really do get better at them. You do, you yeah you do get better at push-ups. And <laughs> I know I know you're I know you were saying that as a bit, but like no, it's true. No, no everyone that's listening, <laughs> I, I appreciate how that that you. I appreciate how you responded. To and it. also, I think session. that brings health and fitness into Las Culturistas. Oh. And I really hope that everyone listening right now just gets down right now while you're listening. Even while I'm saying this right now, just get down and do 10. Do 100 okay. push-ups, just but knock then 10 split, out. split them up into fifths. So you do 20, 20, 20. You know what? Throughout the rest of the podcast, I'll remind you that it's time to do another 10. Mm-hmm. And by the end of the podcast, you'll have done 100, guys. Mm-hmm. So and then you can say you did 100 push-ups today. No one ever said you had to do them all at once. It's a common misconception. I'm a fitness guru now. All right. Wow. This is a bold new direction. Hey, um, get down and do 10, guys. This is one. Okay. So you, wait, you're pulsing this out. You're doing 10th. So you're going to have to do this nine more times. I would say times. don't worry about me, Bowen. I would say don't worry about me <laughs> okay. at all ever. Wow. Okay. Wow. Okay. Um, wow. Okay. There's mm. lots uh, of tension. A lot of tension. Uh, uh, Culture. <laughs> so, Jim. Okay, so um, comic books. And then comic would you books. say that that's like, I mean, it's hard to pin down one thing. There were a few things. I mean, I feel like comic books and comic strips, I feel like um, my parents would play musicals in like uh, uh, like car rides. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a big thing, like singing along to musicals and car rides. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I like musicals. I'm not like obsessed but like the older i get the more i'm like no i really like this yes. um i also like loved like comedy albums like i'd go to sleep listening to like 
the albums I listen to going to sleep were a lot of Bill Cosby albums, a lot of uh, the yeah, uh, yep. tw- twenty thousand year old man, the Mel Brooks and Carl Reiner oh, thing. Yes, 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 Margaret yes. Cho. I oh my her god, a lot I used to love Margaret Cho in, I, high, in high school. I loved her. I loved. I listened to Dave Bar- Barry tapes. <laughs> Do you remember Dave Barry? No, no I don't know. Dave oh, Barry. he was like a dad who like wrote like a comedy column for like. The Washington Post magazine or something. Oh, like that. cool, cool, cool. Was, I probably read an interview of his or something. You, it was in, like, it was some book. But yeah. so I feel like I feel like listening to stuff was really yeah, big for him. Yeah, oh. yep, yep. Oh, wow. I, I definitely Margaret Show was a big one for me, and also I listened to uh, I'm Still Here, Damn It by Sandra Bernhard. Oh, cool. You ever listen to that album? I have, and I you ever you ever listen to any Sandra Bernhard? No, I'm not. She that. was Tim. I think you would really like her. She was like real performance art. Like she was like it wasn't stand up. It was like sometimes it was she would just break out into a song. Oh, I love that. Mm. You would you should listen to that and also everyone at home like that's a fun little throwback comedy performance album that you should check out is Sandra Bernhardt. I'm still here. Damn it. Was she on the Larry Sanders show a lot? Yeah. Okay. Then I think I'm thinking of the right person. Yep. No, she was big. She was big time like a long time ago. I think she did a couple of Scorsese movies, um, and she had like a. She played herself on Will and Grace. Oh, wow. <laughs> Years She's later. Oh, wow. They were like, because Will and Grace were like looking at Sandra Bernhardt's apartment, and they were like, we can't believe it's Sandra Bernhardt's apartment. <laughs> and then uh, hilarity ensued. Um, oh. <laughs> I feel like com- If you can believe it. I want to see that. I feel like comedy albums were like a big <laughs> blind spot for me. It was just, I, yeah, like I'm ashamed to say the first like full length album I listened to is, can you guess it? Dane Cook? Yeah. <laughs> you know what? You know what? I, uh, I, <laughs> I liked him. Oh I mean, God. I was like 14 I to 15. I loved him. That, BK um, Lounge. That snake Lounge. bit. He has a snake bit that really connected to me where he like pretends to be a snake and then just goes like, <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, okay. <laughs> that's my thing. Okay. Yeah, you know what? Uh, and and the, his, his teeth are out and they're big. Like, I want that. And him saying, like, I want what a snake has. <laughs> I remember funny. that being a big moment for me. I was like, oh, fuck. He just, Dan Cook never had jokes. He just had like little snippets of like phrases that somehow he would deliver and land and it would be successful and he was actually very skilled in that regard like somebody shit in the coats is still yeah. hilarious to me yeah he also was an amazing performer yeah he's he a was a great, great live performer. performer like he was like you can hear in his voice when you're listening to him on an album that he's just killing the audience i yeah. remember that was like all we listened to in high school and then um when he started to do his more his like he had like a couple movies uh employee of the month oh god which i saw good luck chuck good luck chuck yeah um but also, the last I heard from Dane Cook, he was talking about like how he was absolutely killing the game in terms of like he fucked a lot of groupies on the of road. Of course, he did. like he yeah. he was like he was talking about how like that's how the reason Good Luck Chuck was a thing because he was just getting so much ass. Like he like he just like talked about, and I was, it was fascinating to me. I'm like, apparently, just like. Every single new city, just fucking, 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 fucking. That- and then I'm thinking, is that how it is? Like for these people that are on the road, like I mean, I don't know. He like had stadiums, like he yeah. he was wow. like doing, wasn't he? Right? Yeah. I don't he know. had stadiums for sure. Like he was kind of like a little rock star there. Well, no, it's like yeah. early days. <laughs> Tim, <laughs> I just like you know, like I, I like that snake bit, and like I, I'll, <laughs> I'll give it to him that he's like a talented performer, but like. I don't like. I don't like his him, legacy you know? is not his le- good. Yeah, you know, his legacy is a uh, is a. I guess a shameful one would be not fair, right? That wouldn't be fair. It's not. Uh, yeah, well, no, shameful. 
wouldn't wouldn't be unfair to me, but it's also probably like not the right. It's like shameful is also being too generous with his legacy. Yeah. It's just like looking back and remembering that Ashley Simpson was a huge pop star. It's like, oh, that's that's where we were in terms of like. Uh, mass appeal bad taste at that point yeah. it was just like we all accepted something at that time we all left at something at that time which now we're looking back and we're like huh there's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of bubbly bubbly burst refreshing bubbles colorful bottles and playful smiles galore bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible and with no added sugar and low calories there's a lot to smile about each sip adds a burst of fun to your day. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on all my favorite shows with. Yes, baby girl. And the resealable bottles makes them easy to take them on the go. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, too, keeping us feeling great all day long. Hey, try new Bubbly Burst. Hey, everybody. During the break, let's quickly talk about a couple things that are important to most people I know. Comfort and style. Crocs classic clogs and sandals have both covered. And when we're talking about style, we mean personal style. There's just so many colors and so many gibbets charms. You can dress up your Crocs to match your mood and to match your personality and to fit the occasion. I mean, ultimately, you can stand out from the crowd in a way that only you can because it's your personal style. And now let's talk about comfort. You know, it doesn't get better than the Crocs clogs and sandals when it comes to being comfortable. Style and comfort are usually a trade-off, but here they're a package deal. It's like you have cushions on your feet. Soft, stylish, personalized, colorful cushions. So why wait? Head over to Crocs.com today and experience the comfort and style of Crocs classic clogs and sandals for yourself. Your feet will thank you. Hey, Las Culturistas listeners, we're here to tell you that there's no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift mode on Etsy takes the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone and any occasion. It's easy. Just tap or click gift mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com, then answer a few short questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And gift mode instantly gives you curated gift ideas based on hundreds of personas. There's a lot of pressure around gifting. I usually have a hard time thinking of gift ideas for the birthdays of loved ones in my life. And sometimes I do get super stressed trying to find that perfect thing. Me too. But now with gift mode on Etsy, I can search hundreds of gifting personas and find so many incredible items. And I actually just found a custom chalk bag for the adventurer in my life who's into rock climbing. Not me. Now it's simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So... Whether you need a housewarming gift for the new homeowner in your life or a birthday present for the pickleballer in your life, Gift Mode has you covered. I'm not the pickleballer. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. When the music of Celine Dion makes sweet Canadian love with the Oscar-winning film Titanic, you get... Titanic, a campy, unhinged, chaotic night out. And what more could you ask for? Find out what really happened to Jack and Rose on that fateful night from Celine Dion's totally real and historically accurate perspective. Titanic is NYC's funniest night out. Plus, it's the winner of multiple awards, including the Las Culturistas Kimberly Akimbo Award for Best Indoor Live Performance. Titanic is a parody musical that answers the question of what really happened to Jack and Rose on that fateful night aboard the Titanic. My life was improved by seeing Titanic, so much so that I reached out to my best friend, Bowen Yang, to improve his life. And Bowen, did it succeed? It succeeded so much that I went four more times. 
So set sail with this kooky, crazy off-Broadway hit this season. Plus, if you get tickets six weeks in advance, you get 30% off. And that's on Titanic math, girlfriend. But seriously, who can wait that long? Go see it tomorrow. What are you waiting for? Get tickets today at titanicmusical.com. That makes me okay. think of, uh, did you, have you seen the Backstreet Boys documentary? No, I just I talked about great. this the other day off the air with Chrissy. You, have you seen it? Um, I have seen bits and pieces of it, but the p- bits and pieces I've seen were like not fun to watch. They oh. were sad. And you have not seen it. I have not, but I've heard You should really of see it. it. It's really cool. Yeah. It's yeah. really cool. And like into what we're talking about, it is they're pretty open about it. They're like, we were the biggest band in the world. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and then we weren't. Yeah. You know, and now we're adults. I mean, they were adults then. Right. Some of them were, but some of them weren't. You know, it, yeah. it's like them reckoning with that idea that we're talking about that like they could have been this monumental thing in culture and then they are just not. Yeah. And yeah. I think it really, uh, I think they come off looking very good in that. Oh, like, do they? Okay. I think so. I think like they, they clearly have like issues. They clearly have, like, you can't be not emotionally, go through the emotional ringer doing that kind of experience, especially at that age. Howie D I think is a psychopath. Yeah. But like, Oh God. Backstreet Boys. I mean, come on. I think on. AJ was like a sex addict and also an alcoholic. And I think Nick Carter was molested by their manager. I th- yeah, I mean, that, don't they, they cover that? And the, they, do they allude to it? They allude, they make, I think they were not allowed to talk about stuff. Uh-huh. I wow. think they are contractually not allowed to talk about stuff because they will say some very like political things where they go, yeah, and you do some things that make us very uncomfortable. And there's one moment where Kevin just like, he allowed me to quit my, quit my three jobs and uh, follow my dreams, and for that, I'll always be grateful. Wow! Like a very sort of like, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. they have to walk it back. See, oh my god, it's so, I just I, they, did, I don't think they walked it back, but they just said they were very, they were. It was clear that the shit went down, but yeah. they were just like, we we're not going to talk about it because wow. he was it's also he was also the manager of I think Insync, and I think he discovered Britney Spears. Yeah, what what was his name? Just Lou Pearlman. Yeah, Lou Pearlman. Yeah. Uh, and he passed away a couple years ago. Didn't yeah, he? he's this not, year I think he's not around anymore. But he was also in prison for a long time That's for like, right. embezzlement. Mm-hmm. So this was like not a good guy. Um, and the oh story boy. goes that he molested the Carter kids. Oh no! And that the mother found out about it, and then it was like it was a whole. Yes, nightmare. I remember these headlines. Um, just, he was like a go that's really unfortunate yeah um but speaking of it's so funny backstreet boys are just sort of like creeping back into the consciousness today i just saw a headline that was talking about how brian wanted to wanted to perform at the inauguration what um and then and then oh my god and then matt and i were in philly this uh, a weekend ago and then there was this club where there was this giant screen and they played yeah. backstreet's back for the video and i was and then i was drunk so i might have just like Asexual. Remember that line? Yeah, but I was just so receptive to this video again, and I was like, <laughs> you know what? This is like, I was like, this is one of those first music, like one of those first modern pop videos yeah. post nineties that was just like very stylized. In yeah, a way. that was a cool video. It was, it was a cool ridiculous. Video. It was stupid. Like, were, like, one, <laughs> it was stupid now, but like one is a. <laughs> He was like, "Oh, he's a wolf. Why would he's a he's a, he's a Dracula? That's why it's fun." Here's the thing, like, I don't get that. None of them were like sexy fucking like sexy monsters. Like he was a mummy. Like he looked like a mummy. No, I total. Think, I, I don't think get that they it. Were sexy, Tim? <laughs> but I, but I don't. <laughs> Wait, Tim just blasted through the ceiling. I was gonna say, <laughs> no. Okay, this is Backstreet Boys have this very special personal uh, meaning to me, and and this is why. I sent my very first email Ooh. to the Backstreet Boys fan 
like fan page. You had never sent an email before. I never sent an email before. I d- technically was not through. For my those own of account. you at home, Bowen does send a lot of emails now, so this yes. is like the beginning mm-hmm. of something. And I've I've been told I'm very good at sending them. Um. I anyway. Uh. But it was just like my first email, just typing this out and being like, wait, this this goes to them like through through this thing called the internet did they respond it was an automated response but i as a kid thought it was like them actually reading my thing and being like hey thanks so much for reaching out to us and i was like wow like nick carter saw my message which is so funny and insane and why did no one clock that then and there to be like that kid that six-year-old is gay um, or, you know, eight-year-old. Um, <laughs> Who would be clocking that? Well, I don't know. Sarah, Things don't know. happen when you're young, and then you look back, and you're like, holy shit. Yeah. Like, when I was okay. 10 for my 10th birthday, my parents gave me tickets to the first concert I was ever going to go to, and it was Mariah Carey. Mm-hmm. And I screamed, I think, for like 45 minutes. <laughs> That's a long time I screamed. And like, was like jumping for joy. <laughs> wow. Because I was going to see Mariah Carey in Madison Square Garden. I, I, you guys have talked about Mariah. I don't know. Actually, you know what? I don't want to enter the Mariah the Carey conversation. <gasps> no, we don't have to, I, no. I want to hear this. What is it, Tim? Because I know you all like. Uh, uh, you have all come out to say that you are We're Mariah apologists. You're apologists for that moment. For that moment, and I'm just. I will say I'm a neutral. I'm basically like. I got angry text about zero. that. About who? I got a about, text about from what? a couple listeners saying <sighs> no, Mariah was wrong. Oh no! I I just uh, mm-hmm. here got we go. Him. Well, I'll say it. Here we go. Come Tim, on, Tim. Say it. Start uh, the fire. You know what? If you don't go to sound check, then like <gasps> no. Then, then if you don't go to sound check, allegedly then, like, she did. No, she did, and she went to no. Here's what happened. She went to sound check. The producers kept pushing back the sound check, and she had to be. She had to be somewhere. Else. No. Her sound check was for 3.30. The producers kept her in a waiting area, and she didn't go on until 5 o'clock, and she only had 15 minutes to do shit. And then they were like, okay, we got to go, move on at 6 o'clock. See, I heard she didn't even go to the sound check. That's what I heard. I think, that, I think two things. One, there's a lot of explanations from a lot of different sources. And the second thing I think is, I don't fucking care because it was funny. <laughs> okay. I, I'll, I'll, it I'll, was funny. Can I tell you that my one of my favorite like line, like 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 argument lines is I don't care, I like it. Because I feel <laughs> yeah. like there's such a uh, there's such an impulse to just like okay, it, it, it usually comes down to this. We're like so like uh-huh. I, I don't eat meat right now. I don't call myself veg- a vegetarian because like mm-hmm. if it's free, I'll eat it. You uh-huh. know, if someone's yes. giving me leftovers, I'll eat it. Like cool, I like yeah. it. Um, why, why people, why people normally don't eat meat, you know, yeah. whatever. Uh-huh. And in my mind, like you, it's hard to argue against the idea that like the culture of meat is bad for the world, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. like bad for your body, but that's a different argument. But the idea that like, oh yeah, it's bad, you know, it's bad. Environmentally, it's bad. I think it's hard to argue against that. And I've always think it's interesting where people are like, well, I'm not going to argue against that, but I'm going to say, fuck you rather than. You're right, but I don't care. I eat meat because I like it. Like I think oh. that is like a fine. I think it's a fine. Yeah, stance. you don't need to win. Yeah, just to I'm say, fine being wrong and also like be like I, it. I don't care. I'm going to do this. Yeah, not to say not to say that this argument is akin to no, that. No, 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 no. I I 100 agree with you. It's like it, you know what it is. It's like Facebook culture and comment culture. It's like ooh, like we're all lawyers on the. It's on interesting the internet. now. <laughs> it's like where do you? It's like, <laughs> we are lawyers. It's like I feel like that that is a great argument and a great sort of. Um, sort of a relinquishment of of argument i guess but then like i feel like that has to match in severity it's like okay well if i don't eat, if i still eat meat despite all these horrible things like surrounding food culture then uh, and i don't care then that's fine but also then it's like well what if you like want to like 
what if you want to fucking like choke a dog in the street? Or I think that that's just like decorum and knowing that that's not that's different. Sure, sure. You know what I mean? Like, I also think I'm really intrigued by this now because it's a really fun way to get back at the person who's yelling at you for eating meat. Yeah. It's like, well, oh, well, just so you know, I don't do this because of the, you know, environmental things, blah, 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 blah. Um, and you just say, I'm like, okay, yes, I totally understand. I still definitely am going to do it. Because yeah. I like cheeseburgers and that's something I was raised with and I'm not going to change my diet. But thank you for what you've said. They'll just be like, hmm. Yeah. But you know, the thing is, I appreciate that more than the ads who have been like, well, I'm going to eat two for you then. Yeah, 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 that sort of yeah. spiteful comeback of like, well, you don't <laughs> well I'm gonna eat so much now it's like I don't know it does remind me of a great Margaret Cho though from mm-hmm. one of her albums which one which is um, <laughs> vegetarians are so mean <laughs> because they're hungry <laughs> <laughs> I love it oh. she again another stand up who is just an incredible performer and yeah. you could tell because there would just be these long silences and the audience is dying and me at home listening off my like I don't know what was it at the time like Kazaa Mm-hmm. Like I would just die as well laughing Imagining whatever she was doing I feel like my parents took me to see her at some point Oh really? well those I are feel, cool parents But you know what I don't remember I don't yeah. like, I feel like I have a glimpse of a memory Because I was like I was very young when I was listening to these comedy albums I was like yeah. really sleepless in them mm-hmm. So if they knew mm-hmm. I liked them Maybe <sighs> I don't know oh, I have a glimpse cool. Maybe they took me to a different, a different show But I feel like I saw them already You show. felt you felt so connected to the material That you felt like you were in the room Maybe Yeah <laughs> Maybe <laughs> I, I mean there is her Carnegie Hall album is truly just one of the best. I think. I think my favorite one is I'm the one that I want, and then there's also Notorious CHO, which, which is, is the Mark really, Carnegie Hall. Yeah, really. Oh, that's the one at Carnegie yeah, Hall. Yeah. It's really good. It's just all of Carnegie Hall silent, listening to this one Asian queer woman on stage. That's mm-hmm. crazy. Um, and just the whole the whole the whole visual of stand up is in like in like those giant theaters is sort of has is still still amazes me. It's like. Oh, everyone's just listening to one person talk, which is it's pretty cool. Fantastic. It's unnatural. Yeah, think, that's I what th- I'm. Yeah, that's I why I think it's, it's unnatural. It's, mm-hmm. it's something I think about when doing stand up, where I'm like, uh, like, like, why do you? Why is it like equated to like going to the gym? People talk about you oh, going mics, you gotta get up there. Yeah, you know, like, yeah, yeah. why is there that sort of like rep? You gotta get your reps in. Right. And I think it's because like it is an unnatural state. Like you having all the attention of people around you, unless like you have great like. Like historically, actually, I'm not gonna go historically because that's like that's me waxing poetic. But I think it's unnatural, <laughs> yeah. And so, like, you have to build up a tolerance to that form of attention. I think, right? To, to have, I mean, same thing as acting, I suppose. But it's a, but it's a fr- something that we've found out. You know, putting someone in front of everyone else is something we've found out. It's not something we naturally, yeah, yeah. yeah. Something, oh, I love it. or it's something we found, found out. out, or is it because we found it out? You know we, what I mean? You oh. have to wonder: is it part of human nature to entertain each other? Um, to because, tell stories because we because we've oh. been doing it for hundreds and thousands of years. Oh, we're getting real Neil Gaiman right now. Come on, <laughs> baby. Oh, Love I don't your read no Neil, Neil Gaiman. Gaiman on my tiny heart. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Um, uh, uh, should our listeners be doing push-ups right now? Maybe? Oh yeah, you should probably drop down for another ten, guys. So we're at twenty. Um, yeah. Oh, uh, this actually made me think, you know what's even more fucking unnatural, which every time I do it, I come out of the room and I'm like, that was garbage and everyone knows it's garbage, is auditioning. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Auditioning yeah, yeah, yeah. is the most unnatural thing. The stupidest social transaction It's ever. so insane. Yeah. And just also like, I, just as a human thing. And I think about this more than anything else. I never think about performing as like an unnatural human thing. But whenever I audition, I'm always like, we shouldn't do that because we... we 
aren't supposed to do that as humans. <laughs> like it, it's so bizarre to me. I think that about I think that about flying on a plane. <laughs> yeah, well, we're not supposed to be up there. We're not. You're not supposed to be up there. I guess, Sorry, I guess should be up there. I guess that's why all those bits became a hack because it was a thing where it was like, oh. Well, we had to explore this thing where we shouldn't be. You know, it was like a common, a you common. You don't see insanity. me in the core of the earth. You don't see me pitching a tent in the core of the earth. Okay, what are you? <laughs> Thank you, Matt. You don't see me Tim, doing that. What bits are you talking you about? Never. You will. know, like uh, airplane bits. Or like, oh, you know, like, sure, sure, sure. That's exactly <laughs> why. <laughs> yeah, that's why you saw a real, uh, real dip in airplane bits in the past ten years. Uh, this reminds me because last time I was on, on an airplane, uh, 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 Love and Friendship was one of the, the movies that we could that we had the option of watching. This mm. reminds me of uh, 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 my first uh, Las Culturistas beef. Oh, okay. wow. come on! Like I have to bring it to the table, right? Oh yeah, bring it forth. Come forth, Tim. Uh, Matt, you do not like Colin Firth. Mm-mm. No, I don't. never understood this. I think he's a fucking piece of poster board. What? Mm. Sorry you, about. Sorry about it. He is Mr. Darcy. Give me Colin he's, Farrell every time. Give me Hugh Grant shivering and shaking. I don't Give me understand. Hugh Grant drenched, wet, and cold, doing anything over Colin Firth, fully dry in front of a camera. Okay, so let me first oh make this personal God. for a second. Don't. All right, I'm going to make this emotional and personal. So uh, uh, my mom would make me and my brothers watch these Pride and Prejudice movies. Yeah, sure. Uh, 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 oh, I hear he's the definitive Mrs. Darcy. Mr. Darcy. He's the definitive Mr. Darcy, yes. He's the definitive, the definitive Fitzwilliam. Yes. <laughs> Uh, and uh, we like watched them all because our mom like made us, and then we grew to like lo- uh, uh, like become obsessed with these like yeah. Prime Prejudice movies. And Colin that. Firth is just like he's electric in that. He's so good. He's like uh, when he comes out of the pool and he's like his shirts off and he's all like he's nervous. I believe it. Mm. Maybe it is the fact that I haven't seen those movies. You got it. They're so good. I haven't seen the Pride and Prejudice movies, and apparently that's like. Uh, Colin Firth's like hallmark and like yes. his legacy project is those Pride and Prejudice movies. And he's a very, I haven't seen them. He's just very, just classically British. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess. Can I tell you something? Yeah. I don't really respond to the British sensibility sensibility <gasps> in that regard. The period British thing. I'm never going to go out of my way. Oh, see, I love that. Like, sort of like, like Jane, the Crown. I couldn't give a fuck. That like Jane Austen style, like. Uh, Proper, like uh, if I breathe too hot, I faint. That's sort of like, well, the master did uh, bespeak tenderly upon brows. Yeah, uh, his voice alone inspires one with absolute. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, There's this one line from the uh, uh, from the Pride and Prejudice uh, 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 series that like I I get like looped in my brain. Mister Darcy. No, 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 no. It's a it's a okay. So Elizabeth is with uh is with the Bingleys and Miss Bingley. Goes, uh, uh, Miss Elizabeth Bennet is a great reader and she enjoys nothing else. And Elizabeth <laughs> goes, I deserve neither such praise nor such censure. I am not a great reader and I enjoy many things. <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. <laughs> that exchange, I'll get like looped in my head. That's I very Tim Platt. Wait, can I we can we say that Elizabeth's response just word for? I just want to internalize this. Uh, I, I deserve neither such praise nor, nor such censure. censure. I am not neither a great reader, reader and I enjoy many things. things. That's wow. pretty good. <sighs> Neither <laughs> such praise nor such censure. Beautiful. I mean, come on. The language, mama. Matt, you need to appreciate <laughs> language. You're a writer. I appreciate Jane Austen. I think she's wonderful. I th- I get the stories. I understand. I just would never seek those things out. Like, I really I tried to watch The Crown, 
and because everyone's talking about it, and I was like, if I have to watch another fucking movie watching an old British man cough, I'm gonna fucking lose it. I get it. Matt. They're all sick. This is I, well. It's the same. They're man. all sick. You need to watch. I get it. Wait, Matt. You need to watch Fleabag. Have you seen Fleabag I yet, Tim? Oh, is, is it? It's an Amazon. Show? It's on Amazon. Yeah, it's I've fantastic. seen. I haven't seen any Amazon thing. I don't have Amazon. I haven't. I, I don't have Amazon. I've never seen any <laughs> Amazon thing. You can reference an Amazon thing. I, I haven't seen it. Okay, okay and I right, won't see it. All right, all right, Tim. Okay. Hey, everyone. If it's time to drop down and do another ten. Um, Pause. Five, five, five. I think oh. you've I think you've earned five this time. You've been doing such a good job, so we're just gonna do five well, this time. Well, let's just say five is the requirement. If you want to do five more and push yourself, that's fine. But also listen to your this body. Throws off, say, this your throws body. off. This throws off the count. <laughs> this throws off the count by a lot. I'm just saying. What? Like, we're either at twenty five or we're at thirty. Well, I think that we should do ten. I think five. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, all right. Well, then do between twenty five and uh, five and ten. Uh, bringing you up to 25 or 30. Whatever. If you only got to do five now, you got to do 15 later. So I just, I just, I just want to say one thing, Matt. I think it's v- patently unfair for you to sweep an entire nation's culture. We're talking about culture. You're, you're, you're willing to throw I'm an entire not- nation's culture under the bus because you don't like Colin Firth. That is unfair. You need to give Fleabag a chance. Oh, this is, this it's is getting me fired up. It's not that I don't like British things in general. It's that the kind of period British stuff I don't care for. Okay, except Downton Abbey because it was soapy in a modern way. I uh, I gave up on that show. See, I fucking loved it. I liked I liked it. Nowhere I gave up on that show when everyone died. Uh, I when twenty eight year olds were dropping like flies. I gave up on the uh, the moment when what's her name? Uh, uh, fuck, Who Mary. When the the rape moment, the rape moment is when. Oh, because I, I I I felt like ew. Yeah, I just felt like this is not this. It felt like it. This was there's like, an article about this re- recently. Where it was oh like, no, oh, not Edith. It was um. What's her name? Yeah, Ms. the blonde Anna. Anna, yeah, yeah. It felt like a moment where it's like this doesn't feel like it was meant for any reason. Then to like throw some. It it felt cheap and it felt like bad. Mm. And I was well, like, I don't want to. You know, we talked to Beth and Sarah from Reductress about this when they were on about uh, Westworld about the. Uh, and I talk to a lot of people that are like, you know, Westworld, I'm not going to watch it because it feels a little rapey to me. And we were talking to them about how, you know, that kind of thinking, it's like, well, then what are you going to do? Not tell stories about people that are raped and like the rape as a thing in the world because rape happens in the world. And I think what was kind of not nice or cool or interesting, I guess, yeah, what was interesting about the choice to have a rape storyline on Downton Abbey is because you're in that world and you don't think about rape as a thing that happens in a place like Downton Abbey. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I think it showed, and, and this is kind of interesting to me, it was like, you know, you never would have thought you'd get the storyline on this show, but rape is a part of, you know, this kind of toxic masculine culture that yeah. definitely exists on Downton Abbey. And therefore, I was like, you know, it's an interesting thing. And I remember she won some awards for performing that storyline. And she said in her speeches, like, it's really important to me to tell the story because um, this happens to women. It has happened to women for many centuries. So I think another thing is that I was ha- at that time I was watching Sons of Anarchy, which mm-hmm. is a show I also gave up on because it, it was silly. Um, but <laughs> the, I just watched this season where Katie Seagal's character – 
like it was a season long arc about her like dealing with the rape and it was like really I thought they handle I thought she was incredible in that in that show mm-hmm. and I thought that was a very like uh, that put me, it was it was shocking it was like and it, I felt like it dealt with relationships well and I really believed everything she was going through which is really scary and then that I watched Downton Abbey and it was happening I was like I can't and you think it just wasn't hit. Well, it, I was like I can't go uh, and this is like I, I'm saying this and I'm admitting this is like privileged and fucking shit but I was like I can't go through that as a viewer again which you know what the moment I say that I think I should get uh, no, I, 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 I'll take criticism for that for that take no no, that no, no I don't I think that's privileged no, because it's if you didn't feel like it was being dealt with sensitively and you and like I don't also you can choose what you watch also I mean, like it does not make you privileged to say I don't want as a viewer to experience this sort of amplifying this thing that I'm already sort of processing because it does feel like sometimes it's on every fucking show yeah and then you think to yourself like all right you have to ask the question like are we doing this to inform and expose or are we doing this to fucking entertain people and if I'm watching a rape storyline to be entertained which at the end which a lot of times that is why you watch television shows is to be entertained and if you're finding that that's part of your entertainment there's nothing wrong with removing yourself from that. Like, oh, no. like well, there was an art. Was it Emily Nussbaum that was talking about? There, were, I, re- I feel like I read some mm-hmm. article about this recently. About, uh, oh gosh, love Nussbaum. I just want to say, what was the article dealing with? You know, I think it was actually. I don't remember what it was. I feel like it was interviewing some female showrunners, saying like, "We get so many um, uh, uh, spec scripts uh-huh. that like." From men that uh, are are there are rape scripts, wow. yep. Yep. and then yep. we get so many, and so like a rule of ours is that we just, and if, if that's in any of them, we just don't we don't look at it anymore. Wow, that's that oh, it's that's like a trend. It's become a trend if like screenwriters. It's the same there's... thing with like it's it's now, and this is scary. Like what like so, like soaps were doing in the two thousands with cancer. Where it just felt like a matter of fucking time until there was like going to be like a cancer storyline. We were going to go through that for eighteen episodes. It's like now it's moved on to they doing that with rape. People and can it's like even, not the same fucking thing. People yeah. even write in like casual jokes about this meta story. Like in the outs, this in the outs, the show. Um, one character, one character has this uh, line that goes, um, "So what did you do last night? Oh, I was just watching that show on HBO where they're terrible to women." Oh, uh, True Detective? No. The Jinx? No. Game of Thrones? Mm-hmm. No. Like, just listing basically every HBO show, and it applied, and it, like, worked as a joke, and it was just awful and whatever. But, it's you know, pretty it's rough. Like, it's, it's, it is, like, it's everywhere, and I, don't, I, and, I, and I don't blame Tim for wanting to, like, disengage from Downton just because it was, like, so much to process. Saying I don't blame Tim is <laughs> huge. It's my... It's, Wait, it's, it's my Red Bull. It's giving okay. me wings. Okay, I will say this. I think, it's my I, Red I think Bull. Tim, I've told you this, but um, this was like fresh after the election. Oh yeah, yeah. This, I think this was the weekend of. Uh, I was doing this show at uh, Over the Eight, rest in peace. Uh, oh. and Mitra and I were doing this show there. Man, every, it was so sad. Um, a bunch of pe- great people were there, but we were just all so sad, and none of us were funny. Uh, I was like, Anna Fabrega was there, Elise Morales was there. Everyone was great, but like we were, were just not delivering so anyway uh mitra and i are walking home and this was right after the whole debate about the safety pins was happening it was like should Jesus. they should people be wearing them shouldn't they and then mitra and i were both like it's such a stupid bullshit nonsense discussion that's happening yeah blah 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 blah, blah. and like eventually and like forgive me for for saying this but eventually like we were just like but you know what the only people who are having this argument who are saying that you shouldn't wear safety pins are, are white people 
And then we just like had this whole run about how white people are terrible, blah, 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 blah. And then we ran into Tim and then we said, oh, Tim, you're one of the good ones. And then we, <laughs> and then we, we split off from Tim. We had this beautiful conversation and then Mitra just goes, I just fucking love that we have that power to say who's good and who's not. It was kind of a, I mean, it's, it's a monstrous yet funny moment to me. I don't know. Tim, yeah. Tim is one of the good ones. I have to say, I'm, I, uh, uh, I can't accept, I can't, you cannot accept, it cannot accept. If you accept, if you accept. You if you are, accept that you, you are. Am I one of the good ones? Matt, I think if we're going to bury the hatchet, then yes, you are. I can't accept. Ah! That's right. You can't. It, it can't accept. Tim is so right. It can't accept. Otherwise, it is part of well, the problem. Because I remember you guys said that to me, and I was like, if this if is a test. Said, if you said that test. to any moment, if you said to any person from my college, everyone that's like everyone's that's the co- dream. everyone in my college is wet dream. Oberlin, by the way, Oberlin, yes. Oberlin <laughs> baby. Which can I just say right now? First of all, <gasps> I'll say this right probably now. probably the fucking stud of Oberlin. Uh, uh, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he told me. He told me he almost hooked up with his RA. Oh, Tim! Come on, Spilty. no, we don't have to do this. Don't Can't make talk. him do this. Can't talk. We might have to cut this out. Here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say. Uh, 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 I went to Oberlin. I enjoy Oberlin. Uh, this is like a school that does not deserve national attention. <laughs> and I don't think any of them here, do. I don't think any. Yeah. And so here's the thing. There's a lot. Of, I feel like it's become. Maybe it was before, but I wasn't aware of it. But I feel like Oberlin has become like a sort of. Uh, a part of the culture wars in a way, like a part of like an example of college students gone awry or an example of colleges gone awry. And there's many examples of that, which I will be like, yeah, that's, I think that's ridiculous. Oh yeah, I think that stuff. But like, it's a school of 3000 people mm-hmm. like in Ohio, um, which by the way, I like, I, I, I have very, I'm a, I have a connection to Ohio. Yeah. Uh, I'm not saying, oh, fuck Ohio, but it's like a small school in isolation of like a lot of, a yes. lot of things. It shouldn't be, a national story. Like, things that are going on in Oberlin should not be in the New York Times. And that's... That's More fair. than any other school. You know, because like, I feel sure. the stuff that's happening there is happening at, like, I don't know, Bates or, like, Reed, you know? like Yeah, yeah. And so it does make me feel weird when that, that school has become this, like... Uh, maybe I'm, you know, maybe I'm just more sensitive to it because I went there. But like, I, I you're always like, gonna feel a connection to whatever anyone says about the school that you went to. Yeah, yeah. it is a little personal. But am I wrong to say that no. it is? Uh, no, not it's at all. It's become one of those like, yeah, it's, it's become like, one of those like, buzz, not buzzwords, but like a a, a label. It's become a label. Sure, you know? it's in a, in a post, you know, Lena Dunham world. It's I think like, Oberlin. Oh, where has, did you go? Hmm, makes a lot of sense. Like Oberlin ha- carries a lot of this weird stigma that's probably not deserved. Yeah, or. Please. Or is just yeah. yeah, it's just become this pincushion. Yeah, I for mean, sure. Bowen and I went to NYU, and I think that's the school with the a biggest target on its back, and b it's on the biggest pedestal. It's it's oh, like yeah. it's like both. And yeah. honestly, whenever anyone talks about NYU, I do. I, I I only am down to fucking make cracks and jokes about NYU now. Yeah, I'm, I'm not interested in defending it anymore. I really don't feel connected to it. I never Be- felt like I defended it really. I, I never. I did because like. But then I did, but without knowing what I was talking about. Like when people were coming for like John Sexton for, um, you know, Buying misusing money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and like I was like, no, 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 he's actually a nice guy. Oh, because you had a, you worked with him. I worked with him. And he was a nice guy. He is a nice guy. And he, he really, he was very generous. But that doesn't mean that what he was doing wasn't fucked up. I mean, I went to one of those houses that allegedly was like they used school money for. Like it was, and looking back on what that was, it's crazy. It's insane. And then he sh- he he resigned, and 
he should have. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so whenever anyone talks about NYU, I'm just like, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to feel bad about going there because yeah, yeah. like I-, I wanted to go there and like I, what we got out of it, I think was great, which is the connections and like being in the city. That, What's I, great about NYU, man, is the connections. Okay. I mean, I mean, hey, I'll say that when I moved here, I was like, uh, I had a chip in my shoulder of people I met through NYU. Yeah, I, I know like, you did. You, you guys, yeah, I talked about it. Yeah, I talked about it. I don't have a problem talking about. It. Here, here's where I'm a hypocrite. Come for me, you bitch. <laughs> I'll come for you. You guys all knew each other. You knew what the institutions were. You knew what was happening. You you were able to see yes. younger comedians and older comedians do. Uh, Figuring themselves out before anyone else did, and for so sure. Then, and then, and then I got here. I was like, "What's going on?" And all these people like knew what was going on. And I was like, "Fuck!" And I, I had friends. It was definitely cool to be close to. Like, yeah, I will say this: I still felt like and this does not absolve me of anything, but I still felt like I was in my NYU bubble right at, right after. Like, I didn't take my first UCB for at class. least two and a half years. Yeah, I didn't you I, stay in the NYU bubble. Yeah. I didn't take my first UCB class until the summer after college. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, finally, I'll break out of. The Washington Square Park area, you know? Mm, and also, yeah. sometimes I wonder, like, what it would have been like to actually go to a school that wasn't in New York and then have moved to New York. Because that's like going to college again. You know what I mean? But this time, you don't have the built-in community. You do have to fucking figure it out. You Like, how did you meet people when you moved here? Uh, story Pirates. Yeah. Story Pirates. Story Pirates. That was a... huge even for us, yeah, too. Yeah, huge for me, uh, too. Uh, I, I will say uh, is the most positive comedy community in New York. Yeah, that, definitely. Of, uh, and I feel like I've, like... I've like dipped toes in many different comedy communities. And have, I think Story have. Pirates is the most positive. Wow. If you don't know what Story Pirates is, you should log on to storypirates.org or look up the Story Pirates on YouTube and just watch some of the videos. It's uh, like an arts education collective and uh, it's based in New York and Los Angeles. And basically we take stories that are written by children, elementary school age kids, and make them into um, sketch shows and musical numbers and stuff and perform them for the kids. And it's really motivating and it's great. And I met Tim mm-hmm. and fell in love with Tim instantly when I met him because he, because he did object work digging. And I, I was like, that's him. Tim, when I first met Tim, was also he was a penguin that had to go across the ocean. Mm. <laughs> I, yeah, I first met Tim through Story Pirates too, and just seeing him as one of he was a year older than my class. Yeah, but he was art at that at that point that I was already in the cast. He was so sharp and good, and just yeah, you're with a good it. story pirate. And Thank I was like, you. wow, really that guy are. is really Thank fucking you. funny. And I wasn't, and I've said this to Tim before, was very intimidated by him. Yeah, same. Yeah, that's so funny to me because you guys were so good. Off, see, because I like. I know. I felt like ugh, it's a it... very specific performance style because you have to perform for kids, so it's very yes. like you're like a flat character. You know, right, you're, you're, yeah. you have a living cartoon. Yes, and I feel like both of you were like so uh, instantly perfect at it. It's That's because we are living cartoons. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> if you want to talk about if you want to talk about culture, we want to talk about what culture inspired you. We want to talk about cartoons. Oh, oh there you I go, go, baby. Back to, uh, I'm going to go all the way back to uh, oh. uh, the mask. The Mask. Ooh, yeah. That movie changed my life. Yes. Jim Carrey is a beast. And I saw it, and I was like, oh, I want to be an actor, because I saw that movie, and I was like, oh, a human can be a cartoon? Yes. Yeah. Oh, what's he doing? Oh, he's acting? Okay, like, that's what that's what People don't do. count that as acting, That I is feel, exactly you know? right, because Tim and I have had lengthy conversations mm-hmm. about Jim Carrey specifically, mm-hmm. and about what, just as a kid, you watch him in Ace Ventura, and, and I, was as a kid, was like, He's the funniest person. Oh, in the absolutely! World. Yeah, absolutely. Him in Ace Ventura. Him in. I mean, my favorite one, and this is like grounded for him, but was Liar Liar. 
Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, to yeah, me, yeah. Liar Liar is one of the best performances ever, and I think it's the first hint you get that he's actually a great dramatic actor. The pen scene. The pen scene is unbelievable. Just what happens the entire movie, and then the moment when he's like, "I'm not a good father," and he realizes that he said it. Yeah. Like that to me was like the first hint that you what actually is there under Jim Carrey is like actually like an iconic level yeah. of talent. You know what? Uh, my parents knew I loved Jim Carrey, yeah. and so they took me to see Man on the Moon in theaters. Yeah, which was like I don't know who Andy Kaufman was. Like mm-hmm. who was wow. this dude? They just knew I loved Jim Carrey, yeah. and like. Uh, and that movie also changed my life. I, I was imagine. introduced by this dude who's like now one of my, you know, inspirations. Yeah. And did you, you ever saw that movie? I, I haven't seen, seen Man on the Moon. Moon. So the opening of it is him as Andy doing the credits. And he goes like, I'm not, I can't do his voice, but he, he goes like, oh, usually you see credits in the beginning of, in the end of the movie, but they're always boring. So now we're going to do it at the beginning. And then he like puts on a record and the credits go in the beginning. And from then I was like, whoa, like. You can, like, fuck with the form. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I mean, oh God. which as a kid is really important to see exemplified. Mm-hmm. That is huge. Yeah, I love I'm that. so love happy that. That, we, that we haven't talked about Jim Carrey on the podcast, have we? Jim Carrey is uh, truly one of the first inspirations. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's, I mean, he's, Just watching him in interviews where he would just, like, make these fucking crazy faces and I would be like, <gasps> the best. And do you see, like, old <laughs> videos of him when he was just an impressionist? Not, but, like, before he was even a stand-up, he was just an impressionist. Uh-huh. And before he would do an impression, he would, like wrinkle his face do you know what I'm talking about yes. he would like wrinkle his face sort of just like to get into it, it was, and it's sort of like him like flexing a little bit because it was him just like showing how much control he had yeah, yeah. I, I think I could read some article where he like when I was a kid, maybe it was in like Disney Adventure magazine or something like that, <laughs> where he was like, "Oh yeah, I'd make I'd make faces in the mirror as a kid." And I was like, "All right, then I'm gonna do that too." Yeah, he to me is the epitome of commitment and energy. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. He's unrivaled in those two areas. Like even when you see him come on like a like an award show now and he has to like do a bit, he kills. He kills it. He kills. It's he nice. kills. Yeah. And no one is like that. No, I think he he will be very very. He will his legacy. Will be a very good one. I mean, even now, it's like you look back at his career. I mean, like Truman Show. Yeah. Truman Show. As soon as Truman Show and like Eternal Sunshine Mm -hmm. came out, I was just like, this guy is fucking nuts. Just like amazing performances. Truman Show, Man on the Moon, I assume. Um, The movie is The Grinch. I never saw The Grinch. Amazing, amazing performance. Amazing. We have talked about the Grinch on Sudi's episode. We, we did. We about talked about. We talked about Faith Hill. We did not talk about Jim Carrey. The page me. Press the star key. <laughs> Okay, I'll see the. What gr- will I wear? Oh, we've 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 quoted that line before. <laughs> what will I? You gotta wear? see the Grinch. I'll see the Grinch. You gotta see the Grinch because not only is he giving an amazing performance, but also like a lot of people are. Okay, like it's like Bill Irwin is in it. He's so good. And as then, the mayor of who? Well, Christine Baranski's the next. Oh, next Christine door, and she's, like Putting up her lights. <laughs> and Cindy like, Lou, Cindy woman. Lou, who's that? Taylor Momsen. Taylor Momsen. I'll see yeah. the Grinch. See the Grinch. I'll see the Grinch. It, it, seasonally, it's not appropriate anymore, but still see it. Yeah. Seasonally. Culturally, it's important. I'll see a Christmas movie in the summer. Ooh. <laughs> Dude, you're honestly wild. <laughs> I, like, actually don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my, oh God. my God. Disgusting. Oh, shit. <sighs> um, time to drop and do 10, guys. Mm. At this time, time to drop and do 10. So, um, guys, um, listen. 
I want to know, Tim, what have you seen this year? What's coming up for the Oscars that you're like, hell yeah. <laughs> Are you, have you tuned in? Because I, uh, I want to keep this a, a part of the podcast because they're coming up. Okay, okay. Um, I feel like I haven't really seen that much, that many movies recently. What are the best That's pictures? Okay. I mean, I've, you know what? The last movie I saw was Moana. If we want to get into it, oh, I don't think so. No, I, this I don't is, know. Moana's a trigger word for I me. Know. <laughs> I know. I don't want to get into it. I don't want to get, get into it. I will say. I will say. I, I did you like it? I did like it. I loved it. We oh, talked about this. Actually, we, we talked about this. Yeah. You know, I was very bored by Moana, and that's this. That's just the reason why I didn't like it very much. Is because it bored me. I thought. I I thought that it could have been better based on the standards of other Disney movies I've seen and just been swept away by. That's my only problem with Matt, it. It's important me. Matt it's and yours. I, we watched, we saw it together, and the reprise of How Far I'll Go was so moving and Amazing. so beautiful. It just lifted us up, and then it just sort of left us hanging for the rest of the movie. I right, think right. that was my issue. It's frustrating it. when you see a movie that's capable of so much, it could, oh, and yeah. then, like, it just doesn't deliver that throughout. I so I I see that I see that. Yeah. For me, I was with it the whole time. I thought it looked uh-huh. beautiful. I thought all the music was great. I was like, I was laughing that the, uh, I was laughing that dumbass rooster. I love that little thing. Uh, but I <laughs> I've come around on the rooster because I no used to the, say, it should have been the pig. No, but, but that's th- the, th- this is the thing. <laughs> I used to say it should have been the pig, <laughs> but the fact that it should have been the pig and it was the rooster. Is what's so great, I think <laughs> and I, that's the subversion that I was looking for in the movie because I was like, "Where was the subversion?" Which was a dumb thing to say looking back. No, no, I think it's I just fine. didn't like. I but just didn't like the movie. But. I think it's so funny that up top, you see this cute pig has made such a big part of it, and you're like, "Oh, I'm so ready for this pig." I know kid. he was cracking me up, and then it's like, "Well, oh, who's in here with me?" Like, it's gotta be the pig, and then it's like the, it's the, the dumbass rooster. Okay, I, I will say this because because I said this in the th- the thread. The thread about Moana, because <laughs> um, I uh, I think the first song in that movie is like so wonderful, and yes. I haven't seen a song like that in a Disney movie where it's like, oh, I love where I'm from. Yeah, I want I want to have more, yeah, but I still great. love where I'm from. And mm-hmm. it's usually like, you know, this little town sucks. You know, no, and and I I love how that song. You're right, Tim. I I, I completely agree. I love how that song frames responsibility in a very mm-hmm. positive way and she as a protagonist is receiving that and saying yes I am going to be a leader this is what I have to do and she's not like it's not a spiteful thing at all yeah and no one leaves that's right we stay <laughs> <laughs> I liked so much of the music I liked your welcome your welcome like was your welcome great, great charm um, song. and I really liked um, the when the grandmother returns as a spirit spoiler yeah. and she's like uh, you remember what I must, what I have told you. Yeah. And she's like, I am the daughter of the island. And then she, the last thing is, I am a woman. <laughs> yeah. I also love her. Like, well, Tomatilla hasn't always been this glam. I know. Oh. Can I tell you something? I hated that. I know. Song. I, I think you have a good point. Like that is like, why, why? is it happening? Yeah, yeah. I, you, that that it doesn't need. It's like it's a screenplay moment. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't mm. need to be there. But I think that song and that vocal performance is like fucking cool. From Jermaine. and like, but also like it's up my alley. You know? It's that. Yeah. It's such. It was this uh, such a Tim Platt mm-hmm. moment. I don't saw, fucking saw it. I was like, this is Tim. Don't give me the Hawana. Don't give me the h- how far I'll go reprise and then give me that crab singing. Look, look, look. I think mm. I think it's no, what thanks. Matt mm. Matt has this relationship with Frozen where we saw it together in the theater. Didn't love it. But then you saw it again with kids or in another context, got on board with it. I think I will give Moana another shot. It's not that 
I love Frozen and therefore everything else is disqualified. I just That's not think, what I'm saying. I, no, but that is like a, that is like a feeling that is out there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, well, it wasn't as good as Frozen. It's like it's like that's like a sentiment, which is like you got to choose either yeah, Tangled yeah, yeah. or Frozen, which is like a fun conversation to have, but like not one I actually believe. But I do think there's this thing out there which is like, oh, the people that like Frozen, the people that don't like Frozen, and the people that like Frozen, like people assume that. We think it's the best fucking thing ever yeah. because it did do so unbelievably well. I just think Frozen is great because it it took a step forward for me in terms of what those Disney movies could be. And it eventually ended up being a love story between the sisters. I get if like the movie bored you and like, you know, the let it go sequence is the only good sequence. I understand people saying that. I just, you know, preferred the the creative, innovative way that the storytelling went. Okay, as someone who doesn't care for Frozen mm. or Moana, I just want to say one of the best movies, full stop, is Wreck-It Ralph. Everyone must see you it. You said this. I didn't see this. You haven't seen it yet? I haven't. I want to see it. Tim, I think it's going to blow your mind. Okay. I also <laughs> want to see uh, uh, Joel posted about Storks being better than Zootopia. <laughs> and I, I don't know if that was a I joke don't, or not. I think it must have <laughs> I don't believe him. I do want to see Sing because I've heard great things about I want to see Sing too because I there's music in it because I'm allergic to any animated movies that doesn't have any music except Monsters, Inc. I love Monsters, Inc. I, I just saw I Zootopia. It's allergic. I saw Zootopia, Zootopia and I thought that was... Good. I thought that was a good movie. I did. I liked the movie, but people were really just. It didn't hit the heights that it was that people were telling me about. That's it. what I was expecting a lot. But of I it. enjoyed it. I enjoyed it as well. So Joel was joking about storks. No, I think he he must generally. We'll follow up with Joel. I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask him. I was really excited by that take because I was like, oh. I guess I'll watch Storks. <laughs> like I wouldn't have watched because it's, it's a movie that I feel like I would not have watched, and then it got this glowing response <laughs> from out of nowhere, <laughs> and, and so I was excited. I was excited to be like, "Oh, I'm going to jump into this thing." You know what? Yeah. Three of us can go see Storks together. I would like that. I would like that. I would like that. I would like do that. another ten. Um, it's time to do another ten, and while you're doing that ten, it's time for everyone to get ready for the signature, the signature, honey. Oh, I'm not ready. Moment. Taking off my glasses. In every Lost Cultures episode, it's I don't think so, honey. And this is our opportunity here on Lost Cultures to take that one thing that's really been pushing our proverbial buttons and rail against it for one minute on the clock. Now, both our guests, Tim and Bowen, have their heads in their hands and they're, they're stressed. What's going on? I just don't know. I This is truly the most unprepared. Like Even off the cuff... Because you're just so happy in your life? No, it's just that I feel like I've really just directed my frustration and my I don't think so honeyness at a lot of different things. And I I don't know if I'm running out. You know what I'm saying? Well, how about you start, Matt? I would like to start because okay. I do have one. Okay. Okay. okay? Great. So I'll, I'll, I'll set the clock for you. And I'd like open hearts and open minds if that's okay. Depends. You know it what? Depends. I grant you that. <laughs> But that's alone. Here we go. <laughs> okay. Uh, this ready? is Matt Rogers. I don't think so, honey. Time starts now. I don't think so, honey. The Starbucks that are popping up all over the city that put a lot of their money into their aesthetic and not on more seats. Come on. We need more seats in Starbucks. If I go to a Starbucks or if I live near, near a Starbucks, I want to be able to sit down, bitch. I want to be able to go there and use the Wi-Fi. Hello, bitch. I just moved into an apartment with my boyfriend, Henry, who's a lovely, amazing person. But you know what? Sometimes he's teaching a lesson and needs to be on the keys tinkling tinkling away he's a musician he's loud and i would like to go to a starbucks and be able to sit 
sit down, but no, you put your budget into the fucking walls being made out of like, uh, like, like oak. I don't think so, honey. I need a fucking seat. How come there's four seats in here and fucking eight lamps? I don't need more lamps, bitch. I need somewhere to sit. Also, make it easier for me to log into your Wi-Fi, goddammit. How come I, it takes me like no time to fucking get my venti drink, but 15, 20 minutes to send it to the Wi-Fi. If you know anything, Starbucks, you know that people use you to sit down and hang out as much as they do for drinks. I don't think so, honey. Change. Okay, and oh that's gosh. one minute. That wow. was one of my best ones ever. That was really, really good. That, that was, was really good. You covered a lot Because I feel like I made my point, and I feel like now there'll be a change. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I measure my I don't think so, honey, and do I think after the fact that something will change? Yes. And I think I... <laughs> This is what Matt. There. This is what Matt does to enact and uh, you know affect change in lieu of having senators uh, who uh, are in opposition of him. Is that right? Um, you know like, what? Yes, I am from New York, born and raised, and therefore, like, I call my senators and they're like, yeah, I know, yeah, I also yeah. am outraged at the same. But um, but now you have a place. To, I have a place to put my <laughs> anger, and it's Starbucks. Yeah. That said, uh, uh, it's important to call senators about specifics. Yes. Because, uh, yeah, we were just joking. Uh, yeah, I, I would. I. Because uh, uh, I, uh, I want to say that <laughs> it's also nice to say thank you. I tweeted at, nice at Kirsten Gillibrand, yes, yes. and I said thank you because I thank her. I but, think she's the fucking best. She's a rock star. And Tim and Schumer too. Tim, we, 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 we finished that thought. Um, that uh, because. With all the stuff that's happening, it's like very easy to call and just be like, "Protect us from Trump," you know. Yeah. But like, it's so much helpful to be like, "Oh, like, do that through it." No. ACA. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. All, like, saying all the pe- like, the people that you have a problem with, the specific bills you have a problem with, mm-hmm. yeah. is very. Uh, uh, I think it's good. It's good for you, and it's good for the for the for them. Yes. Ugh, every time I talk about this stuff, I feel like I'm just like reciting things i've read but then you but eventually you a master you you get your own vocabulary for it and that's yeah. when that's when you break through because i feel like i haven't been emotional on the, a, i've heard you talk about being emotional on the phone with your with your senators and representatives and i feel like i'm still very much like uh, I, I i'm gonna read this script thank you like right, right right i feel like i don't know i feel like i'm talking to like my teacher's mom or something like that here's what it feels like that if it if this helps I usually don't read from a script, but I will like pour over some, get a sense of what I want to say, and then I will physically. This is this sounds weird, but it's just because it's like the only place at work where I can do this in privacy. Is I will go to the back and just go into the darkest corner <laughs> and feel physically sort mm. of just like I have to really just surround myself with what like I don't know with something that matches the sentiment or whatever, and then I'll just go into. I'm never angry. I just get. I'm never emotional. I should say. I get just a little snippy, but appropriately and politely so. Mm. Mm. Like today, I called. Um, famously, my representative walked, snuck out of a town hall meeting. That was your representative. That was my representative oh, wow. from my district. Uh, and I called his office today, and one of his staffers, very nice guy, um, took a message for me, and I said, "Hi, I just want to um, say that uh, I think it's unfortunate that uh, Congressman Kaufman left his own town hall meeting." Um, but if he is, but if he's afraid of a hostile reception, I just think he needs to see that as a way of his constituents um, holding him accountable. So um, I would encourage him to 
really um, have more face time with his with with the people he represents, and that's all I have to say. Like that was just yeah a more tame way of me to just be like, hey, that was fucking stupid. Why did you do that? Yeah, you know, there's always like, like a positive way to frame that. Okay, anyway. do you need more time, or should Tim go? No, um, I I can go. Okay, okay, I have one, but I don't like want to do that one. Do sure, you know I mean? no, oh, well, it doesn't matter. I I just just came up with mine, and this is the beauty of I don't think so, honey. I told Tim this. Um, you know the 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 less significant sometimes uh, it's nice to and we whip out our improv backgrounds and bone yang's i don't think so honey starts right now i don't think so honey uber drivers who do not stop at where the designated place marker on your map is there is a reason that the user is able to designate the pickup spot and i will do my best my best and matt can vouch for this and tim can vouch for this i will do my best to go to the exact spot where the pin is dropped and honey these drivers don't know their way around city blocks and cities they're supposed to be familiar with that they're being paid to be familiar with and honey they ask me what routes to go and oh don't even get me started i don't think so honey on drivers taxi drivers uber drivers whatever who ask you to navigate for them oh that is unacceptable download ways for your phone download any app for your phone this is unacceptable i don't think so honey drivers who do are not good at their jobs i will give you a two-star rating i will never give you a one-star rating unless you slap me in the fucking face but i don't think so honey drivers who do not do not respect this transaction of them knowing their way around the goddamn city bitch i don't think so honey uber drivers named jordan or whatever or or greg i've had bad gregs and and they they are bad drivers one minute gregs are bad drivers i think this is the first time (laughs) in the podcast history that matt hasn't interrupted bowens i don't think so honey yes you know it's like really shady of you to say (laughs) tim especially in lieu of um recent conflicts well i just feel last episode i mean you were that's because i would that's because my personality and character was being attacked live it was just really nice to see you hold your tongue for once and that was really I, i hope you'll take that one forward well, I hope that I continue to do that throughout this podcast. <laughs> his, I hope his, that I do that today. His behavior is correct. So, honey, I don't. Um, you know, I think you can do fine. Five in. more push-ups. Um, I think you <laughs> do fine. I think you do such a good job. You do ten push-ups, <laughs> or oh else you're gonna be fucked up. All right, your arms are gonna be uneven and fucked up. I, I, I have, I have one that I'm happy with. Okay, great. Okay, I wasn't all the. Can I just say I wasn't all the way happy with mine? That's fine, Bowen. Uh, I don't think so, honey. Tim Platt starts right now. I don't think so, honey. Coffee shops. When when I ask you if there's Wi-Fi, and you say yes, there's Wi-Fi, and I get a coffee, and I get a pastry, and I sit down, and I open up my laptop, and there's no Wi-Fi, and I go up, and I say, there's no Wi-Fi, and they go, yeah, well, I guess it's not working. Uh, Why did you tell me there was Wi-Fi when I bought, with my own money, uh, coffee, and I set up a space? I could get coffee and pastry anywhere with Wi-Fi. That's why I bought the car. I bought a ticket to Wi-Fi, and you said your ticket is accepted, and then I got to the fucking sign, and it turns out it was a steal ticket, and you couldn't rip it in half and give you my half back. Now I'm stuck there. What am I going to do? Free write on a fucking Word document? No. I want to do writer duet. No. I want to use Spotify. No. I want to Facebook when I get a little bit bored of writing and you betrayed me and I should get my money back and you should give me a free pastry next time one oh. minute that was the most monstrous i don't think so honey yes i loved it it was <laughs> i loved that you took it in a whole new direction every part of that was Tim it Platt. has been rebranded had to be me. that was amazing Tim you know Platt what you're absolutely right 
You're it, it, absolutely right. It does drive me insane. It happens all the time. And it's a thing where it's like, yeah, of course. Like, it's nothing. It's like one of those like true like, what am I gonna? Am I, if I complain about this, I would be a monster, you know? If I was like, mm-hmm. but also, but also, you. That's why you spent the money there, exactly. you know? Exactly. Oh, it's it's a con. It's insane. That, that's yeah. That is that's part of the deal, and that's a problem I have with Starbucks too. Mm-hmm. Why when I go in there? Do I have to answer a goddamn questionnaire when I get in t- to get into your Wi-Fi? You don't have mm-hmm. to. Well, Matt, that's because you don't have to answer <laughs> no, the No, I think you have to fill out a test. <laughs> okay. If Five more you push-ups. have to do a test. Five um, more guys, ten more push-ups as we, um, as we sail out here. Guys, Tim, we're going to be on your show. <gasps> yes. Sloop yes. Jumbly. Sloop Jumbly on Wednesday the 25th at the Brick Theater at 8 p.m. Peter Mills Weiss and Lorelai Ramirez and I are hosting Sloop Jumbly and it's a great show because we like to bring performers from different performance worlds like uh, uh, we have like a writer and playwright who's reading. Mm-hmm. We have a, 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 a comedian. A, 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 oh, what's it? Oh, fuck. Um, we also have Cocoon Dance Dance yes, Team. Yes, Cocoon Dance. Uh, uh, we have we have we have people from different uh, performance worlds, and it's and, very exciting. And uh, Sluck is going to be there. We, uh, of course, Marie Faustine. That's Bowen right. and I will be performing as Sluck. At Sloop Jumbo. And we have not performed a slug in a, in a minute. In some time. So you know what? The kids are thirsty for a slug. And, oh, God. I just want to say I love that name, Sloop Jumbly. I love Sloop Jumbly. Bastardization I of life. a Beach Boy song. Yes. Yeah, so uh, the, uh, Peter and Lorelai and I were meeting and... Uh, we were like on the kick of like doing songs with reference that, that, that like slanted, uh-huh. and I said, "Oh, Sloop Jumbly," and we laughed. And then I was like, "There's that's no it. way." And both Such Peter and I were that's like, how, "No, we're doing Sloop." Jumbly. Sloop that's is, how Las Culturistas got its yeah. name. I was like, "What if it's called Las Culturistas?" And Boehm was like, "That's so stupid," and just laughed. And then I was like, "Well, we have to do it." When we and then that was how we knew. Hmm. So that's an order. If you laugh for at it. it, you should marry it. <laughs> All right, guys. Can I? T- I want to tell one sh- quick story before we go. Okay. So me and my high school best friend Ken were playing volleyball in the backyard, and his little <laughs> sister Kathleen, who was five, was in the garden with her dad. And Kathleen was very, um, very uh, like gregarious, and she said, "I love tomatoes." Aww. And the dad said, "Well, if you love tomatoes so much, why don't you marry it?" Because he had like a goofy sense of humor. Mm-hmm. And Kathleen said. Well, because you know you can't dance with it. (laughs) And that's why I love kids. Everyone look up Story Pirates. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, uh, our thanks to Tim Platt. Tim, uh, they can find you on social media on Instagram at IamKingBozo. On on Twitter. Uh, Twitter is just Timothy Platt. Timothy Platt. I'm on Facebook at Tim Platt, but I took Facebook off my phone, so I won't be the most <gasps> responsive little boy. Yes. That's very good. Um, yes. Tumblr, I love gift cards at tumblr.com. Tim, we love you so much. Thank you so much I for love coming you both on. So much. We're going to kiss you, Tim. <laughs> this is Bowen Yang. And this is Matt Rogers. This is the Last Culture Resources Podcast. Thanks forever, dog, and thank you. Bye. Bye, Tim. Ah. <laughs> forever. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Joe Cilio, Alex Ramsey, and Brett Boehm. For more podcasts, please visit foreverdogproductions.com. There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. It's bursting with fruit flavor, no added sugar, and 
all smiles. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible. And with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on my favorite shows with. Yes, Lil Bowen. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, keeping me feeling great all day long. You deserve that. Try new Bubbly Burst. You know that I feel like it's really important to express yourself. I know that about you. You got to put your true self out there, okay? And those classic Crocs, clogs, and sandals let you do just that. Between the rainbow of colors and the gibbets charms, you can create a unique look. And I mean, literally, no one else will have shoes exactly like yours. Hey, you know, it doesn't get more comfortable than Crocs, clogs, and sandals. They're just the perfect blend of comfort. And creativity. Visit crocs.com to explore the latest styles and gibbets charms. When the music of Celine Dion makes sweet Canadian love with the Oscar-winning film Titanic, you get Titanique, a campy, unhinged, chaotic night out. Find out what really happened to Jack and Rose on that fateful night from Celine Dion's totally real and historically accurate perspective. Some say Titanic is the best gay nightclub in the city, and those people are me. And me. So set sail with this cookie crazy off-Broadway hit and get tickets today at titanicmusical.com. Get tickets today at titanicmusical.com. Canva presentations might be the most visually impressive presentations you'll ever use. Start with a stunning template, use it as a springboard for your design, add images, graphics, charts, and data visualizations from the massive media library. It's easy to wow any audience with Canva presentations. Canva presentations are perfect for any deck you want to design for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can nail their presentation with Canva presentations. Perfect, record, and share a talking presentation for people to watch on their own time. You'll appear in a video as a talking head on the slide, and it's the perfect solution if you can't be present in person or if time zones are tricky. Nail your next work presentation with Canva presentations at canva.com, designed for work.